Welcome to episode seven of The Player and the Journalist with Jillian Riley, national champion, and David Vick. Today's show is centered around two questions. Will Louisville crack the top 10 next season? And will we see another first-time champion in 2022? Jillian, national champion, and I will share our opinions. What up? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. How are you? I'm doing great because we get to talk lacrosse today and it's 747 Eastern time right now, but it's all good. You know, we're about to talk lacrosse. So let's yeah. do it. <laughs> it's about time. It's been a while. So I'm, yes. ready. I'm ready to get back at it. Sorry to our fans that we skipped a week, but you know, it is what it is. So <laughs> um, let's see the first question. <laughs> Will Louisville crack the top 10? Jillian, first, I would like a yes or no answer. We're going to put you on the spot and then you can explain your answer. Oh boy. Yes or no. Okay. You're really throwing this at me. Um, I'm going to have to go with no straight up just, just because I think, you know, there's, there's not much circulating about them at this time. And, and I think, you know, I, I do think the preseason rankings are always very telling. And although they do compete within the ACC and they, you know, despite their record last year, they, they held their own and we had a tight overtime game with them last year and, you know, ended up going on to win a national championship. So I think, you know, we always say it, it can be anyone's, you know, anyone's game on any given day. Um, so I'm not counting them out. I just think at this, um, at this time, I, I'm going to have to go with no, just because I think, you know, they are still developing their team. They're still sort of searching for their identity. Um, you know, I think their, their head coach is, is very admirable. And, um, and we took coaches, the, um, Canadian team, I think still, um, Scott Teeter. So I think he's a very bright coach. Um, and I think, you know, he, he implements a lot of smart strategy. Um, so I'm interested to watch them this season and, you know, sort of see if they can sort of get over that threshold that they have kind of been struggling with the past couple of years. But, um, my short answer right now is no. So I am not surprised you said that. My first thought when I read this question, I was like, no, but I kind of took it a different way. Can they reach the top 10? I'm going to say yes, but if it's going to happen, it's got to be week two or week three, because based on how their schedule plays out, which I don't know how it will at this point, because it hasn't been released, but if they get like a Virginia or a Notre Dame week two or week three, and they beat both of them and they're three and oh, they might jump in there at the top 10. So what, do I think they'll finish in the top 10? I don't think so. But can they reach the top 10? I think yes. But if they're going to do it, it has to be early in the season. And mm-hmm. just some, just some you know, nerdy facts for you. Last season, 2021, they went 5-11, and 1-9 and nine in the ACC. So you see that in any conference. You're like, 1-9? and nine? They're terrible. But they're not terrible. They're in the best conference in the sport, okay? And just like you said, they had an overtime game against Boston College. And they had five other games against number eight, Virginia, four, Notre Dame, eight, Duke, and number six, Notre Dame at the time. They lost by one, one, two, and then uh, four or five, something like that. So they had a lot of close games, okay? They were in a lot of close games, and if they just get two of those, their record looks a lot different. So they can compete. They competed with BC last year. They competed with Notre Dame. The problem I think that Louisville has right now, it's not that can they win one big game, but can they do it across the course of a season like North Carolina or Boston College? I think that's where they're just not at that point yet. And it's going to be hard to get to that point, obviously, in the ACC when you got two top dogs in the Tar Heels and the Eagles just 
dominating. Mm-hmm. But I have faith in Louisville. So mm-hmm. I think they can, but it's got to be early in the season. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah. No, no, I definitely agree. I think that's a smart way to look at it. Um, and, and I will give them a lot of credit. I think they're a team that, you know, despite sort of the adversity in their um, record and, you know, their, their losing streaks, I think they still did show up, like you just said, and they only had, they had a couple of games, they only lost by one or two. I think they showed up every game and still, you know, trying to put their best foot forward and, you know, compete for the entire entirety of the game. And, and, you know, I think if they're, like you just said, if I think they can start to do that consistently, I think they'll be able to start, um, you know, seeing a little bit more of a shift in the momentum of, of their season. And, you know, it's always important for teams within the ACC to come hot out of the gates and sort of, you know, get a couple wins under their belt, just, you know, in terms of team confidence and sort of like heading into um, the mid season, you know, rut that teams start to get. And I think, it's delayed a little bit if teams can sort of jump right out um, and get a couple wins under their belt. It just sort of fuels the fire a little bit um, as the season goes on. So I think I think that's a great point that you make, and and hopefully they can figure out a way to start off the season strong. Maybe shifts in their schedule if they you know they're able to put in a couple non-conference games right at the beginning and get that that um, you know that winning record sort of going for them. I think I think a team like Louisville that would that would help them in the long run. For sure. So a few more uh, little notes I had. They have to replace their starting goalie, Rachel Florek. She is gone. So that's going to be tough. Anytime you have to replace a goalie, it's tough. Mm -hmm. And they also have to replace their leading scorer, Allie Hall. She's no longer there. But the plus about that is, or at least the positive way to look at it, she was their leading scorer last year, but she only had 35 goals, which means they had a lot of um, scoring depth and that it was really spread out. It's not like you have like um, Kyla Sears, who we're going to talk about later in the show, but it's not like they had someone who scored 60 goals. I mean, she only scored 35, which is a great season, but it's nothing like off the charts. So I think they'll be able to make up for that. They have Caroline Blaylock coming back, who's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, she's going to have more pressure on her this season. So that will be interesting. And then mm-hmm. just to piggyback off a point I made earlier, I feel like a lot of people, at least for me personally, I think of Louisville and I think of a new program, but I checked and they've actually been around for quite some time, I think 2009, 2010. And so they just haven't been able to get like, they haven't been able to have that one season, like Virginia Tech had a few years ago. They haven't been able to get over the hump. And so for them to do that, this is kind of a tangent, but if they're going to get over the hump, they're going to have to win a game they're not expected to win. And that's not they can beat Virginia. They can beat a Notre Dame, but at some point they're going to have to beat North Carolina. At some point they're going to have to beat Boston college, which they were very close to doing, but at some point in any sport, if you're growing a program and you want to take that next step, you have to start winning the games you aren't expected to win. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to them competing. I watched their fall ball game against Vanderbilt. They looked very good, super high scoring. I'm not sure if that's because of the four quarters or not, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to see Louisville. Like you said, their coach is doing a good job. I like, I love the the role of the underdog. Okay. Who doesn't like that? So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see them. Um, Any thoughts on what I just mentioned or any final thoughts before we go to question number two? Yeah, no, I do have one final thought and it sort of sparked um, another thought in my mind when you talked about the depth of their offense, you know, a little defensive perspective, you know, we tend to face guard and, you know, last season, um, we did at least their face guard or tight matchup. We did end up throwing one um, on Blaylock and 
you know, it didn't really shake them as much as we thought it was going to. And I think that's something that they can definitely capitalize on heading into this season is, you know, sort of um, giving other players the green light and sort of building that confidence because they, like you said, they do have a lot of versatility and they do have a lot of depth. Um, And if they can, you know, if we other teams start to shut their top scorers down and other players can step up, I think that's a really crucial part um, to any team success and and on the offensive end is just being able to, you know, give other players the nod and, and work as a team. Definitely. For sure. So thank you to Marissa on Instagram who predicted that her prediction was that Louisville will make it into the top 10 this season. So we will see she is a Louisville commit. So there might be a little bias there, but still a good prediction fun to talk about now our second question will we see a first-time champion in 2022 again Jillian yes or no and then explain see this is a really tough question for me and and I'll tell you obviously because I'm biased for my eagles and I think they're going to be able to cleanse that trophy again um but I mean, I can't, I can't really ignore the fact that Syracuse is another powerhouse team this year, um, as is Notre Dame, who we've, who we've spoken about before. Um, I really can't give a yes or no because I feel like that's wrong. Do I think there's a chance that it'll happen? Yes, but I have faith in my Eagles all the way, and and I think they're gonna bring it home again this year. But I think it's an interesting question, um, and definitely worth discussing a little further because obviously Kayla trainer who, who I adore and was a BC coach is, is directing the, the Syracuse orange this year. And she's obviously extremely bright and, you know, implements a lot of um, smart strategy. So I don't know, we'll, we'll see, but, but my thoughts right now are, are I'm pretty torn and, and still have all the faith in the world that the BC Eagles are going to get back there. You failed the assignment. We did not get an answer. I'm sorry. I'll take the fail. I'll take the fail. <laughs> okay. So do I think we will see a first-time champion? I am going to say no, just because North Carolina and Boston College, I would say North Carolina should be the favorites going in and Boston College should be number two, just because North Carolina is so freaking stacked. It is insane. Okay. But if I had to choose a first-time champion, I do have a short list of three schools and then another school that I will get to that I'm going to talk about more so. So we have Notre Dame and Syracuse, obviously. They they were in the top five, top six all of last season in the polls. Notre Dame has Casey Choma, freaking dog out there. I love watching her play. They have Bridget Dehan coming back, and you never know when she's going to stand on top of her head and get 40 saves and keep them in it, and you're like, what is happening right now? You know, she's just insane sometimes. She's really good all the time, but it's like sometimes some games just like, what the heck is going on? I can't score on her. It's crazy. So um, back to my normal pitch voice now. Let's see. Stony Brook. I don't think they've even made it to a final four before. So I'm hoping this is the year. And obviously people are going to be like, you're crazy. They don't have Allie Kennedy. They couldn't do it with her. They couldn't do it beforehand with uh, Kylie Oldmiller and uh, Courtney Murphy who had the record before Charlotte North broke the record. People don't talk about her. Amazing player. They don't have Taryn Olmiller anymore. Yes, I understand. But guess what? Sometimes you just get stuff done when the expectations are not on you. No one expected Boston College last year to do anything. The disrespectful coaches had them at number 18, 16, 17 in the initial poll. Something crazy. Bonkers. Okay. So (laughs) 
I am excited for Stony Brook because this year there's not going to be any pressure on them. Last year it was like it was Ali Kennedy's final year. It was Taryn Old Miller's final year. And there was pressure. This year there's no pressure. Joe Spillane is going to get them girls ready to play. They're going to be letting loose out there, okay? <laughs> I have I have confidence in them. They're going to be bullying some people out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Stony Brook, Notre Dame, Syracuse. And I have another team that has won a national championship, I believe, but I have my eyes on in 2022, and it's going to be like a, it, w- it would be a fresh national champion if they won. So it wouldn't be a first time, but it would be a fresh time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you ready for this? It's going to surprise you. Oh, I'm ready. I'm excited. I am thinking Princeton can get it done. What are your initial thoughts? Oh, interesting. I 100% agree. I think Princeton you know, we've, we faced them, I think twice in my career, um, both the, in the tournament. Yes. During the elite eight round, I want to say, or maybe one, one was, um, the round before, but I, um, I see it. I think out of all the Ivy league teams, Princeton definitely, um, has the most potential. And again, they're, they're another team that just sort of flies under everybody's radar, but then, you know, they, they come out with these big name wins and, you know, they turn a lot of heads and a lot of people, you know, start to see them as, um, you know, final four, cal- a four final four caliber team. So I, I definitely wouldn't count them out either. I think they're also a gritty team. Um, you know, when you're talking about Stony Brook, I, I think blue collar, I think aggressive, um, but Princeton too. I just think they're, they're super fast. They're always super gritty. They're always playing to win. So um, I definitely can see that. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's about time the Ivy League, you know, sort of make more of a name for themselves. And I think Princeton would be the team to do it. For sure. And just kind of touching on your last point about making a name for themselves. I think the more teams that have a chance to win it all, the better for the sport, the more entertaining, because you don't know what's going to happen as, a few, as opposed to a few top teams each year. But sticking with Princeton. They did not play last season in 2021. The Ivy League did not play at all. So they're going to be starting off at a little bit of a deficit, I would say. But I have faith in them. And they are in the Ivy League. No offense to the Ivy League, but it will be an easier path to a successful season and an easier path to getting reacclimated with playing and traveling and all that stuff than it would be in the Big Ten or the ACC. Mm-hmm. In 2019, you and your Boston College Eagles took them out in the Elite Eight. They were one game shy of the Final Four. That game was in Chestnut Hill. Y'all beat them. The year before in 2018, they also lost to Boston College. Um, it was the round before the Elite Eight, I'm pretty sure. So two yeah. years in a row, they stormed into Chestnut Hill, and they stormed out with an L. This year, <laughs> or next year, they might be storming out with a win wherever they storm into. Okay, I have faith in Princeton, and I have faith in them for two reasons, two players. Number one's got to be Kyla Sears. Bala! Okay, she's insane. <laughs> 55-plus goals in 2018 and in 2019. One of those years, she had 64 goals, I believe. Okay, she's coming back. She's a senior. You best believe she's going to be ready to ball out. She didn't get to play last year. This might be her last hoorah. Okay, I am excited to watch her play. I am excited (laughs) to see Princeton play. Okay, so Kyla Sears, a career 52% shooter. Oh, that is good. Okay, I'm no mathematician, but that is good. Okay, (laughs) player number two. Sam Fish in goal. She got a big frame. She blocking everything. Okay. 26 and 8 career record. Whoo-wee. Okay. I'm done with the sound effects. But anyways, 5 foot 10. She's a beast. She K 
kept her team in the games against Boston College two years in a row. Kyla Sears and Sam Fish. If Princeton is going to do something this season, they both have to ball out. And I think they need a player to step up in the midfield because they don't have Elizabeth George anymore, who was an amazing player, loved watching her play. Why is she not an athlete's unlimited? I don't know, but that's a problem. <laughs> Anyways, they need someone to step up in the midfield. They have a goalie that can keep them in a lot of games. They have a goalie that is a proven winner. She's not going to be afraid of the moment. She, she, can, she can ball. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think she's number 12, so I'm a fan of number 12. Not Tom Brady, but her, I'm a fan of number 12 in general. So, mm-hmm. anyways, those two players, and they have a very experienced coaching staff. They've Princeton has been there before, okay? And I have faith that they can do it again. Now, if they come out and stink the bed week one, week two, week three, I don't even care because mm-hmm. they're going to get it going. I have faith in Princeton in 2022. Mm-hmm. I'm done. You take the floor. <laughs> no I love it I love it I think um you know you make a good point about them not having played last season I think you know for players like Sears who you know had a lot of time to just you know focus on building themselves up as a player and focusing on you know their player development their skill development all of that I think that's also going to be a lot of fuel for their fire having so much time off and being able to learn and grow you know, and also the frustration and having to sit back and watch other conferences and other teams compete. I think I'm sure that was extra, you know, frustrating. And I think they're going to carry that um, into the season and play with more of a chip on their shoulder because I couldn't imagine, you know, sitting out and, and having to watch all these other teams play and, and, you know, a national championship happen and know that they were out of the running for it. I think, you know, I think for any player that's, that's really challenging, but, but I agree. I think, you know, they have, they have been there before and they, they know what it takes to get there. Um, they fell short a couple of times. Yes. But I don't think um, it was enough to sort of shut them down and, you know, have them sort of crumble from that. I think, I think they're going to come back with a lot of steam. Like you said, they have a really bright coaching staff um, who knows how to get it done also. So I'm with you. I'm excited to watch Princeton. And I think they're definitely going to be a force to reckon with within the Ivy league. And I think it's, it's really you know, it's going to be really exciting to watch them compete against other conference teams as well. Awesome. And so just to keep talking about them for a second and their chances, I feel like this is the case with any team, but if you get into the NCAA tournament, you need two things. You need a goalie who can keep you in the game. Rachel Hall, case in point against Mm -hmm. North Carolina. You're not scoring on me. And then (laughs) you need someone who can score the rock. Give me the ball and get out the way, okay? Because sometimes, I mean, obviously you want all seven players on offense to be a threat and make the defense guard seven players. But sometimes you need to have a player step up when no one else is scoring, when no one else is getting their stuff going. Sometimes you just got to have someone say, I got this. Get on this back of mine, okay? Mm -hmm. So Kyla Sears has that potential. She is fast. She is quick. 52% shooter from the field in her career get her the ball and let her rip it okay mm-hmm. so i as you can tell i'm very hyped up about prince i cannot wait to see them take the field in 2022 i hope they do good okay mm-hmm. and if they do i'm gonna be on here saying i told you so and if they don't then you know we're not gonna talk about it but <laughs> I'm just so um yes princeton and also something i would like to get uh, your thoughts on as it relates to princeton and other teams who come from these conferences who don't have as much depth so we have teams each year, specifically Florida, who dominate their conference, 
always make the NCAA tournament, but come tournament time, when they play these schools from the ACC and the Big Ten, they come up short. Do you think there is something to be said about not playing a certain caliber of team throughout the season or of teams plural, and then you get to the postseason and it's like, boom, oh, snap, you know? Do you think there's something to be said about that? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think, you know, for me coming from having competed in the ACC for five years and, and having it be, you know, the, the most dominant conference, at least in my mind, I think it definitely plays a role because, you know, we have the, the um, you know, the honor of, of competing against the best of the best throughout the entirety of the season. Um, and that really does matter come final four time when there's a lot more on the line. You know, I think, um, again, like nerves and confidence is, is a huge part of the game. You know, the X's and O's obviously are super important. Um, the attitude, the energy, um, but, but the mental side of things, I think for teams that, you know, are sort of just getting by with wins and, and not necessarily, um, you know, having underdog teams come in and clinch those wins. I think for teams outside of the ACC and the big 10, I think, um, sometimes the games are predictable and, and sometimes teams more dominant teams know they're going to win. And so you don't have that sort of camaraderie and you don't have that mental preparation to sort of, you know, sort of like bite down and, and fight the adversity within the game. You know, I think those moments are, are the moments that make the team um, the final four teams stronger. Um, you know, for, for us, it was a lot of, um, you know, we learned over our three losses that it's a lot of the situational work and, and it's, those, you know, those overtime games that you come back to win, or it's the, just the close games that, you know, with, when the pressure is on, can you, can you sort of perform still? So I, I do think that it does play a major role in, in the teams that, um, you know, are not in the necessarily dominant conferences. I think those teams need to sort of shift their focus to, you know, making their practices more competitive and doing situational work and practice and stuff like that. Um, because again, once you, once you're on that big stage, you know, I'm, I can confidently say that, that the mental strain and, and mental pressure of it all is, is, um, you know, affects the way that you play. And if you're not being able to practice that throughout the season, it definitely, um, you know, it shows. So I would have to say that it does, it does affect teams for sure. Interesting. So one thing that is really great about women's lacrosse is that unlike certain sports, specifically football, where they schedule games out like 10, 15 years in advance, which is insane to me, the women's lacrosse schedules are made year by year. So there's every opportunity for a team like Florida to play North Carolina like they did last season. And if you are Florida, not to like disrespect their conference, but you go in, go into the season knowing there's a 95% chance we're going to win our conference. We've won it like 10 years in a row. So if you know that's the case and you know you're going to the tournament – and you see during the tournament, what type of team have you lost to? It's a North Carolina, it's a Maryland, it's a Stony Brook. So you need to schedule those teams. I would say at least two, two of those teams each year. And mm -hmm. I know that with the scheduling, a lot of, a lot of it is um, based on location because of pricing and all that stuff. But there's no reason they can't play North Carolina every year. That's a short trip. It's not like they're tra traveling up to Boston or all the way to Illinois which they did actually go to Northwestern for some fall ball games a few weekends ago, which was cool. So I feel like this could really spice things up if people schedule harder. And I think that teams need to, same thing with a Denver or a James Madison, which to James Madison's credit, they play North Carolina every year. 
um, they they have a pretty tough schedule. So if teams schedule harder, then I think that will get them more prepared. So that was just a tangent I had, just a thought that just popped in my mind. So I'm glad we were able to discuss that. Um, do you have anything else? Do you have do you want to put your money on a team if it's not going to be Boston College? Are are you willing to publicly say I think it'll be this team? As far as a <laughs> um, first time winner or a fresh one. Okay, yeah, I, I can definitely say if we're if we're saying Eagles aside, I'll only agree to it if we say Eagles aside because I'm not putting my money on a team over them. I'll make that clear. But Eagles aside, um, I'm gonna have to put my money on Syracuse. I think. I think that they have so much depth and obviously we played them. I think it was four times in like two weeks during our season on obviously on the biggest it was stage. Pretty crazy stretch. It was, it was crazy. And, and they, they just, they know how to compete. They have players who are experienced. They have players who um, are smart and skilled and fast and strong. Um, so, and obviously now with Kayla trainer and Kenzie Kent, both on, the coaching staff who are extremely bright. Um, I think they've got a lot of firepower coming in. And um, I think again, from my defensive perspective, they have a lot of different people to stop. So if your team's defense doesn't have, you know, six players in, in or seven players out there that can stop all of the threats, then I mean, I think they're going to be one of the top, if not the top offensive offenses in the country. So I will put my money on Syracuse Eagles aside again, um, because I, I just think that there are, they're, they're, they're hungry for it too, right? They, they're, they're coming off of a loss and, you know, if anybody knows how losses feel, it's me. Um, and, and it really, it really teaches you something and it really, you know, it really puts a chip on your shoulder heading into the following season. Um, you know, I don't want to leave out UNC because they, again, coming from, three final four losses, same story. I think there's a lot of, a lot of firepower coming from them also. Same sort of story. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of experienced players, a lot of smart players. So I think it's it's a toss-up, definitely. Um, but my money's going to go on Syracuse. Everything you just said is why the ACC is going to be so exciting next season. Mm-hmm. Boston College is coming back with the best player in the country. In Charlotte North, in a lot of people's eyes. North Carolina is coming in with the best goalie in the country in a lot of people's eyes in Taylor Moreno. And I don't think there's much debate to this, no disrespect to other teams, but they have, they've got to have the best depth in the country. I mean, they've got talent all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Scanone, when she comes, she doesn't even start. She comes in and just shooting rifles from the freaking eight meter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they have talent all over the place and Jamie Ortega, it's her final season. And I have to be honest, if I'm going to pull for one team in 2022, it's got to be North Carolina for the same reason that I was pulling for Boston College last year. You, I feel like I want to see them get, get to the ultimate prize, which is winning a national championship. They've been so close. They've had the undefeated seasons, just like Boston College had, and then Boston College would lose. I just feel like North Carolina, I, I want to see them win because I know that They've been through the pain. They've been through the struggle. I want to see Jamie Ortega win a Tawarton. She is insane. She's a quiet superstar. I mean, you have Charlotte North, not saying that Charlotte North is loud, but you have Charlotte North and Jamie Ortega. They're very different, okay? Just from a fan's perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see Jamie Ortega ball out again because she's just amazing. I hope everyone enjoys her final season if it is going to be her final season. 
congrats to her, by the way. She just signed a sponsorship um, with mm. one of the stick companies. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. There you go. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either, right but in. shout out to her. Um, but then you have Syracuse. Emily Harrischuk, this is her fi- final go at it. Sam Swart. Um, you have D- the Tyrell sisters coming back. Megan Tyrell has been a starter there since she was a freshman. They do have to replace their goalie, but they have Kimber Howard coming over from North Carolina, who will probably be starting at every other school in the country if she wasn't backing up Taylor Moreno. So, I mean, this is going to be insane. And obviously Boston College with um, Rachel Hall. And I think the hottest coach in terms of success right now in the country, Acacia Walker, I mean, look what she's done over the past few years. And it's not even the past few years. She built Boston College up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's crazy. So there's going to be so many storylines. And then you have Pitt, okay? Oh, my goodness. Hail to Pitt, as they say nowadays. And mm-hmm. then, what was it? Um, Virginia Tech has a new coach. I mean, there's just so much going on. It's going to be insane. I cannot wait to watch the ACC. It's going to be must-watch TV. And no one's even talking about Caitlin Wurzberger. She's about to ball out. Katie Hogue is gone. It's the Wurzberger show now, okay? <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So mm-hmm. the ACC, my God, it's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. I just, oh. yeah. I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth. Okay. It's going to be amazing. So yeah. it, it's very exciting. It's going to be a very interesting season to, to tune into. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned a bunch of players who I think are, are set up to have standout season. So definitely, definitely wishing it was February and the season was about to start, but I think, you know, it's, it's teams are using this time to sort of get, get the training under their belt and, and get the identity identities forming and all of that um but I, I will say to one of your points about about UNC I do I obviously am pulling for them too I think you know I just I, I can't help but but relate to how they felt um you know the past three years and and I think we've talked about this on this podcast before but everything happens for a reason and you know if any of the UNC players are listening you know that's that's something to hold on to and they, I'm sure they can say that they've learned something from each of the losses and they're going to carry that into this season as well. So again, it's going to be exciting to watch. There's a lot going on. Um, yeah. And I'm ready to see what, what players stand out too. If there are some new names that, that, you know, are sort of up in the highlights and on social media and stuff too. So it's very exciting. Awesome. Yes. So we definitely got off on a little tangent there at the end, totally my fault. One <laughs> little question I had for you, since this is episode seven and we'll wrap, we will wrap it up with this. Who is the best number seven in college lacrosse? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Best number seven in college lacrosse. And so, you cannot say I mean, Caitlin Mossman. I'm pretty sure she's number seven. Well, I was just going to say her because, <laughs> because we, we, her nickname is Sevs on, on our team. And she had her best season of her career this past year um as a junior and again I could I could go on and talk about her but I know we don't have a, a lot of time um so I, uh, I can't say her I don't know that's a tough question do you have someone in mind someone else in mind so the first person that came to mind was Caroline Cordray from Duke okay because I don't know a lot of number sevens okay sorry yeah. number seven <laughs> but I know she's number seven and she was a good player and then obviously mm-hmm. Kyla Sears, I'm pretty sure is number seven. Um, but yeah, I don't know a whole lot of number sevens. Yeah. So, but that's why I was like, I'm going to ask Jillian because she's going to have something. Hey, Caitlin Mossman is a beast. Okay. 
She is. She is. A stealthy beast. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, I don't know too many other number sevens either. I'm sure if I saw their name, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, she's number seven. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess episode seven, it's got to go out to Caitlin Mossman just because she's the only one I can think of right now. And she's a phenomenal player, phenomenal lefty. And uh, yeah, again, I could read about her for days. So All right. Maybe we'll start doing this each episode until we get to like, you know, the 30s or well, no yeah. disrespect to players in the 30s, but like the 80s and 90s. Uh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. maybe for next episode, we're going to have to exclude Charlotte North because she would be the easy answer for number eight. Right, right, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll think on that one now that I have some time, and I know this question's coming. I'll think on that one. We'll awesome, maybe. Awesome, maybe that'll become our little episode, little trivia. Awesome, I love it. So, love it. that is episode seven. Thank you very much for listening, and hopefully, you enjoyed the show. And we will be back in either two weeks, or if we skip a week, it'll be three. But we're gonna do our best to be back in two. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.